Live from historic downtown Carlisle, Pennsylvania, home of founding father James Wilson, 19th century hymn writer George Duffield, 19th century gospel minister George Norcross, and sports legend Jim Thorpe. It's Iron Sharpens Iron. This is a radio platform in which pastors, Christian scholars, and theologians address the burning issues facing the church and the world today. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 tells us iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Matthew Henry said that in this passage, we are cautioned to take heed with whom we converse and directed to have in view in conversation to make one another wiser and better. It is our hope that this goal will be accomplished over the next two hours, and we hope to hear from you, the listener, with your own questions. And now, here's your host, Chris Arnzen. Good afternoon, Cumberland County, Pennsylvania, Lake City, Florida, and the rest of humanity living on the planet Earth who are listening via live streaming at ironsharpensironradio.com. This is Chris Arnzen, host of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, wishing you all a happy Monday on this 26th day of February 2024. And today I have a first-time guest. I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. Uh, I don't know how many of you are aware of this. I believe I may have mentioned it a couple of times at least on the show in the past, but every Wednesday... I uh, attend a Bible study here in Carlisle, Pennsylvania at Faye's Country Kitchen. There's a free plug there for that restaurant uh, here in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And the study is led by folks who are involved in the Christian Businessmen's Connection, which is also known as CBMC. And uh, this is not the only chapter they have. They have chapters all over the United States, and I believe uh, overseas, and we'll find out more about that in a moment. Uh, But today we have uh, the area director of CBMC of Central Pennsylvania, and uh, he is Jim Tyson. And today we're going to be discussing Christian professionals and businessmen carrying out the Great Commission, the history, purpose, and mission of CBMC. And it's my honor and privilege to welcome you for the very first time ever to Iron Trip and Zion Radio, Jim Tyson. Chris, it's uh, it's great to be here. Thank you for uh, for inviting me, and uh, I, I really look forward to our conversation today. And let me right away give our email address for our listeners in the event that there are any who want to ask questions about Christian Businessmen's Connection. Uh, the email address is chrisarnzen at gmail.com, C-H-R-I-S-A-R-N-Z-E-N at gmail.com. As always, give us your first name at least, city and state of residence, and your country of residence if you live outside the USA. Well, uh, we have a tradition here on Iron Sharp and Zion Radio, Jim. Whenever we have a first-time guest, we have that guest give a summary of their salvation testimony, which would include any kind of religious atmosphere in which they may have been raised, and the kinds of providential circumstances our sovereign Lord raised up in their lives that drew them to himself and saved them. So I'd love to hear your story. Well, thanks, uh, Chris, for the opportunity. Yeah, it's, um, 
I grew up uh, in the um, as a teenager in the in the 70s, which, uh, you know, was a somewhat tumultuous time. Um, lots of things happening, lots of changes happening in our culture in the 70s. And um, but as a as a as a oh, maybe five, six year old kid um, in the in the late 60s, um, my my whole church experience was uh, some Sunday school and and uh, church attendance up until I was about seven years old um, was my mom who who took me there. But from that point, um, there was really no uh, connection to to church or faith um, in in our household. Um, was that really church was was that church a Bible believing church or was it a mainline <clears throat> church a liberal church? Well, it was uh, it was uh, at that time. I guess it would have been not long after the merger with Methodist Church was the United Methodist Church. Um, and the thing that I remember as a as a little, little kid, what what you can remember from six years old. Are, are the flannel graph stories of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Um, so e- even though I grew up in a home that didn't really um, profess faith and, and didn't practice um, a- any kind of even religious type of uh, activity, I still always had a belief in God, right? And um, growing up, like I said, through, <clears throat> through that time in the 70s as a teenager— um, I, I was a kid with some health issues and such, so I was never very active in sports and um, kind of an introvert to begin with. Um, so I, I was somewhat isolated, and I remember as a oh, maybe 15-year-old kid sitting on my bed at a, at a point in life thinking, um, you know, is this, is this really all worth it? And... And a voice, not an audible voice, but it, in my head, I just heard, I have something for you to do. And, and it wasn't like, you know, that, that was it. That, and, and it was just something in there that said, okay, I need to keep going on. Now, that didn't cause any great change in my life at that time. Growing up in, in that period, I got involved with the uh, you know the the drug scene and things like that. And um, by the way, by the time, just just to, just to clarify, according yeah. to your story, were you contemplating suicide? Well, um, maybe not in 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 a whole worked out plan, but just kind of questioning: Is life really okay. worth it? You know, um, like I said, as a as a teen, I was um, didn't have a lot of friends and. Uh, you know, kind of spent that early part of life picked on a little bit because I wasn't athletic. I wasn't, you know, I had health issues. So, um, uh, so yeah, I, I was kind of in a, in a point of despair, feeling um, a, a little alone. And, and I struggled with depression from time to time. And uh, by the time I was 19, um, I, I ended up, having a, uh, a a bad trip on LSD. Wow. And literally thought I was going insane. That was, m- most of my stuff was not visual, it was mental, because right? I, I, I just think a lot. I'm one of those classic overthinkers. Um, 
And at, at that point with that experience, I, I kind of said to myself, that's it. I'm, I'm changing some things about my life. And I, I did a 180 in a sense, but it wasn't necessarily, you know, I started seeking spiritually, but it wasn't, it wasn't a conversion experience, if you will. Um, I, I had enough knowledge of religion and such that I kind of tacked on um, a little morality to my life, basically. So I was in a real works-oriented type of setup. I'm going to be good. Um, and it, it was it was during that time that I met my now wife. She was not a believer either. She was an attending uh, an Episcopal church. Um that we'd attended for a while, but we were still looking and seeking. And uh, I had got involved with a um, with a business my brother got us involved with um, a number of years ago. I don't know if, I, if you want me to say the name of it here. Sure. Um, it, it was the Amway. And uh, one of the things they used to do, if you went on a on a weekend, one of the weekend um, kind of conferences or whatever they had on Sundays, they would have preachers come in, at least the group that we were involved in. Huh. And it was actually at one of those that we really first heard the gospel. Um, and it was through that that the Lord brought us to himself. Um that he really kind of opened um, opened our eyes, both my wife and I, um, to uh, to his grace, um, and it it really is has been a, a process because it wasn't for um, for some time later that I really really understood um, his grace. You know, initially we were involved a little bit with. Um, with an Assembly of God church. In fact, the Bible college I went to was uh, uh, an AG Bible college. And um, it was there that my theology kind of changed from um, from an Arminian to a Reformed perspective. At an, at an Assemblies of God Bible college? Wow. Yes, yes. Well, well I'll just, just to let you know, I know that it is unusual for Reformed theology to exist in the Assembly of God, but I have... Uh, at least two dear friends. One of them is in heaven now. Uh, my friend Al Stein, who was not only the pastor of the Neighborhood Assembly of God in Belmore, Long Island, but he was a bishop. Uh, he was an overseer of the Assembly of God churches on Long Island. And when I first met him, he was not thoroughly reformed but in the latter years of our friendship before he went home to the lord he was a full-blown five-point calvinist and he was able to get away with it in the assembly of god by because they have this strict prohibition of believing in eternal security and he he had to sign a document i think annually and and he would get uh, around that by saying i believe in evidential security if somebody is truly uh, secure in their salvation, their life will produce evidence. And they were satisfied with that, and so much so that they made him a bishop. And he was tragically killed in an automobile accident. But my other friend, Dan Butafuco, whose ads are heard on this show for 
the Historical Bible Society, a ministry that he runs, uh, through my friendship with him and through my giving him the book um, Grace Unknown by R.C. Sproul, which I believe today has been retitled What is Reformed Theology? Uh, when I first gave that book to Dan for Christmas years ago, this would have been back in the 1990s, he said, are you kidding me? You're giving me propaganda for Christmas? <laughs> and then he called me on New Year's Day and said, Chris, I have been up all night. I read the book from cover to cover. I believe every word of it. You got me, uh, or should I say the Lord got me, because I am reformed now. But anyway, I interrupted you, so it's really about your story. Yeah, no, no. There were there was a group of uh, three or four of us who um, who – you know, through studying Scripture and looking at Scripture, um, we're seeing things a little different than what we were were being told. Um, and so we we kind of banded together and kept a a close group. And um, you know, we were we were given sideways glances from time to time. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, um, so so. Uh, so yeah, in that um, in in that context, graduating there um, with with the idea of Reformed theology, um, it, it was really making a move then into um, into uh, Reformed Church, and I've been at some OPC churches as well as currently in the PCA. But um, running across um, Jack and Paul Miller's sonship. And uh, really getting a good uh, picture of the gospel there, um, and and not having the works attached to it that that sometimes happens with that uh, the the view that that was there present in the AG. Yes, um, I have. I still have many friends in the charismatic and Pentecostal movement, but of course. And in and, and, and the Assemblies of God, there is a wide spectrum uh, starting at, if you want to uh, say, very theologically sound, not given to extremes and so on, all the way to the lunatic fringe. <laughs> there are, right. there, there's almost everything in the Assemblies of God. And, uh, but I can recall in my journey uh, before I was saved, visiting churches trying to find truth and and unfortunately at many of the pentecostal and charismatic churches that i visited along the way people were going up for salvation every single week not only to get to get healed physically but to get saved and it was the same people uh going up for uh salvation altar calls and uh many of them were on a works righteousness treadmill it seemed um, terrified of losing their salvation over almost anything, but anyway, again, I've right. inter- I've interrupted you again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, very, very true. Um, it, it's funny because there's a lot of talk about not having the liturgy in in um, in a lot of Pentecostal churches and all, but I could I could almost look at my watch and know that you know. Uh, Sister so and so was going to speak in tongues <laughs> here, and <laughs> um, so there, there very much was a, a, a liturgy, just right. a different kind. <laughs> uh, 
Right. In fact, uh, I have a friend who was at one time a charismatic pastor, uh, and he became eventually a cessationist and a Calvinist. But while he was a charismatic pastor, they had a thing called carpet time. And that meant this is the time when people are going to fall over uh, <laughs> after they've been slain in the spirit. And they would have to be prepared with uh, uh, blankets or something, especially when ladies would fall over just to make sure everything was decent and proper. And uh, so they they knew that, you know, there, there was carpet time that was coming up. So, but anyway, but anyway. <laughs> and, yeah. and so when you discovered the Reformed faith, and I, I think what you were describing when you were in the Assemblies of God College was that uh, students through independent study were coming to these uh, teachings, and you began to huddle around each other because you were a minority. Am I getting that right? Yes, yes, exactly. Any, any professors have that theological understanding? Um, I... I... I would say that one of my professors, who was actually uh, one of my Greek professors, um, although I, I don't know that he fully came to a Reformed understanding, he certainly struggled with some of the issues within the AG and ultimately left the, the AG. Mm -hmm. um, one of the big things um, was the feeling sometimes that uh, people would be second-class Christians, if you will, um, if they didn't exhibit or experience uh, mm -hmm. some of the gifts, right? So. Yep. Oh, I can I can fully remember seeing a friend of mine uh, up on the platform of the church. I don't call it an altar because, as an evangelical Christian, there are no altars. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, the uh, deacons were circled around this person praying over him to get the gift of tongues and they actually began yelling at the top of their voices the command speak in tongues speak in tongues over and over again quite an unnerving experience and now again this is not something that goes on in all pentecostal or charismatic churches uh, there are, there is a diversity there just like there's a diversity amongst reformed congregations and individuals on different on different things but uh yeah but uh so uh after graduating these views that you began to develop with the circle of friends how did you come to further increase your depth of knowledge in them and where where, where did you explore in regard to literature and other other things perhaps sermons uh on, I guess back then it would have been uh, audio cassette and video ta tapes, VHS, um, or on. You're you know. dating me. <laughs> uh, well, you're, I think, from what you said, uh, younger than me. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but go ahead if you could tell us how you became more in depth in your uh, understanding and appreciation for and love for the doctrines of sovereign grace. Yeah, well, so with the um, with the AG College, the intent was to graduate and go into pastoral ministry. Um, it was in um, while we were attending an Assembly of God Church that 
uh, a pastor there said to me, um, you know, I, you should really think about going into the ministry. And that kind of took me aback a little bit because we were really involved in ministry, but had never thought about that. My wife and I prayed about it and, and really sensed that there, there was a calling. And, and so that was my intent as I was going through Bible college. But when I graduated, I thought, you know, I really need to go to seminary. Um, if, if, if I'm going to, um, you know, with this with this different theological view and, and I want to go into the pastorate, I, I just, you know, I need to study some more. So um, I ended up at Westminster Seminary in oh, wow. Philadelphia. <laughs> and uh, that's where my MDiv is, is from. Um, so, yeah, and of course, tended a lot of PCRTs um, when Jim Boyce was still around and had uh, those at 10th Press. <laughs> we, we were probably at some of the same ones. Uh, I, were you at the one, and there might have been more than one, but there was one I attended. This was, uh, I believe, in the late 80s when I was a new Christian, but uh, there was uh, John Gerstner there, R.C. Sproul was at the same one, um, and uh, there were uh, Eric Alexander, a Scottish preacher. Uh, does that, is that ringing a bell for you at all? It, yeah, yeah, and, and in fact, um, when you talk about Gershner and such, um, I remember going out to Ligonier uh, and attending um, a reform um, conference that they had there with uh, when Gershner was still alive. Yeah. By the way, folks, uh, forgive me if you hear me sometimes muffling a cough. I am on the tail end of what I believe to be COVID because I uh, had a meeting the day after my birthday, uh, which was my birthday was February 14th. And I had uh, actually I had the meeting that day on my birthday uh, with a with a brother who had COVID and um, the next day I've developed the same symptoms as he did, so I'm assuming that I've been battling COVID ever since. But uh, excuse me for that. Uh, so uh, I don't know if you have anything in between you'd like to highlight, but tell us about how you went from uh, going to Westminster Seminary to discovering and becoming involved with Christian Businessmen's Connection and uh, perhaps even specifically of central PA. Yeah, that that's certainly been a uh, uh, a God-led journey for sure, um, as as every step of our life is. Um, but I I, I um, graduated Westminster, um, um, came into the PCA Presbyterian Church in America. Um, was on the staff for a while at, um, at Proclamation Press in Bremmar. Oh, yeah. I've been there where they're holding the, the PCRT now. Right. Um, and at the time, Pete Loback was the pastor. Pete is I the know. president. I, I've interviewed yeah. Pete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so I worked with Pete for a number of years. And uh, then um, in, in looking for a... Um, a pastorate, um, kind of stepping out um, on my own. Uh, we were obviously down in the Valley Forge areas where I grew up. That's where I was born and raised. But a church in southern York County um, was looking for a, uh, 
a pastor, uh, kind of a, in a bivocational sense. Um, I'm an electrician by, by trade and a pastor by vocation. Um, so in 2002, we came up to York County, and uh, I've uh, pastored two churches here in York and been the interim for, for a church um, here in York while they were doing a pastoral search. <clears throat> and when I was in the one church, the, the last church I served was here in the city of York. And um, at that time, this was about 2016, the city of York had um, had gone through the, the previous year a uh, real issue with um, some gun violence. <clears throat> and they brought something into the city called group violence intervention. And they were looking for uh, community involvement, churches, pastors, and such uh, to be part of it because that, that whole scenario looks to kind of do an intervention type of thing, um, go to individuals talk to, that are involved in this kind of stuff, talk to them, try and um, offer them some, some help and services, ways to make changes in their lives. And so our church um, became involved in that. I, I became involved in, in that and um, got to know that strategy pretty well. And um, the church I was pastoring was a, a small church and the, the city, um, the police chief at the time had asked me to uh, to put in for the um, project manager position because the one that they had when they started it, um, he had come out of retirement to do it and was uh, had gotten it started up and was now um, stepping away. So uh, I talked to the elders of the church and said this might be a, you know, a good um, relief for the church in a sense, uh, help financially because I could do this. We were already involved in this um, part of the city. And so I ended up, um, it ended up becoming a, actually a full-time job. I became the group violence intervention project manager for the city of York, um, which took a, a, a pretty good toll emotionally um, in the three and a half years that I, I did it. Um, because we you're talking with a lot of young people who were involved in, in, um, in gun violence, and I, I used to describe my job as I talk to people who shoot people. And uh, it originally started out, you were dealing with people 21 to 25, and they kind of age out at 25. They, they kind of start to make some changes in life. But we had 50% of our violence, kids 13 to 17. Wow. Yeah. And, and so it got pretty difficult. You know, you're talking with them, trying to help them make changes. And the next time you're talking with them, maybe it's in the hospital and they're paralyzed from the waist down because they've been shot. Or you're talking to their parents because they're, they've been killed. Um, you know, th those types of things start to really weigh on you. And um, I realized I, I needed to, to um, step away from that. Um, it was a very unique ministry, gave me a great opportunity. We were able to really make some good transition between me and the, the next person who's doing a tremendous job. They're kind of born and raised here in the city. Um, so that, there's a whole lot better cooperation for them, too, um, within this whole process. But when I began the uh, the a search for, for something else, um, 
as as usual, I kind of said, Lord, I will do all of the the, the looking, the searching, the applying, but um, you know, you you really have to bring the the, the position in front of me um, and uh, and and give me confirmation. And so um, I had been involved here in York in the city with a with a group that meets at the Y that was a CBMC team and have been meeting for probably four or five years with them. And the position for area director had come up and um, it had come up and somebody was applying for it, but for whatever reason that didn't work out and it come up again. And I said, well, you know, all right, I'll, I'll look into this. And then I, I got to talking with, um, with, the, with the folks at the national office and, and heard about in more depth than, than I knew from just being a part of a, a weekly team, um, the heart of CBMC. And, um, and it, 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 the Lord just showed it was a, it was a perfect fit. I, the joy in my heart with it, um, the, the, um, the difference in how I, uh, I, I see um, the outcomes of what we're doing in CBMC, the idea that it's focused on touching people's lives and making transformations, helping men especially to, uh, to, be, um, to become the man that, more like the man that God designed them to be. Um, you know, that's, that's what really drew me to CBMC and, um, in our discussions it it, it was a good fit. Great. And we'll have uh, you continue uh, that thread when we return from our first commercial break. If you have a question of your own, uh, please submit it to Chris Arnson at gmail.com. Chris Arnson at gmail.com. As always, give us your first name, at least city and state and country of residence. We'll be right Back uh, momentarily with Jim Tyson, the area director of CBMC Central Pennsylvania. Don't go away. Armored Republic exists to equip free men with tools of liberty to defend God-given rights against the twin threats of tyranny and chaos. If you own a rifle to resist tyrants and criminals, then you should own body armor and a med kit for the same reasons. A rifle stops evil, body armor and a med kit keep you in the fight and preserve your life. Armored Republic is a body of free craftsmen united to create tools of liberty. We are honored to be your armorsmith of choice. Civilian ownership of body armor is about increasing decentralized power and by comparison, reducing the advantages of centralized power. The danger of centralized power is often represented by the word king. As Americans, we hate the word king, applied to any mere man. We are Armored Republic, and in a republic, there is no king but Christ. Arm yourself with tools of liberty at armoredrepublic.com. I'm Pastor Keith Allen of Lindbrook Baptist Church, a Christ-centered, gospel-driven church looking to spread the gospel in the southwest portion of Long Island, New York, and play our role in fulfilling the Great Commission, supporting and sending for the spread of the gospel to the ends of the earth. We're delighted to be a part of Chris Arnzen's Iron Sharpens Iron Radio advertising family. 
At Lindbrook Baptist Church, we believe the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments to be the inspired word of God, inerrant in the original writings, complete as the revelation of God's will for salvation, and the supreme and final authority in all matters to which they speak. We believe in salvation by grace, through faith, in Jesus Christ. This salvation is based upon the sovereign grace of God, was purchased by Christ on the cross, and is received through faith alone, apart from any human merit, works, or ritual. Salvation in Christ also results in righteous living, good works, and appropriate respect and concern for all who bear God's image. If you live near Lynbrook, Long Island, or if you're just passing through on the Lord's Day, we'd love to have you come and join us in worship. For details, visit lynbrookbaptist.org. That's L-Y-N brookbaptist.org. This is Pastor Keith Allen of Lynbrook Baptist Church reminding you that by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. May the Lord bless you in the knowledge of himself. President of the SecureCom Group and an enthusiastic supporter of Chris Arnson's Iron Sharpens Iron radio program. The SecureCom Group provides the highest level of security, closed-circuit television, access control, and communication systems for Manhattan's top residential buildings, as well as churches, commercial properties, municipalities, and more. We custom install exactly what you need to protect yourself, including digital recording, off-site viewing, and connectivity from most smart devices. From simple code-activated systems to the latest technology using facial recognition, the SecureCom Group has it. We also provide the latest in intercom and IP telephone systems. In addition, we provide superior networking platforms. We'll create, maintain, and secure your local network. Whether it's a Wi-Fi or hardwire network, we'll implement the latest secured firewall, endpoint solutions, and cloud backup. I would love to have the honor and privilege of helping protect the lives and property of Iron Sharpens Iron radio listeners and their associates. For more details on how the SecureCom Group may be of service to you with the very latest in security innovations, call 718-353-3355. That's 718-353-3355. Or visit securecomgroup.com. That's securecomgroup.com. This is Brian McLaughlin of the SecureCom Group, joining Chris Arnzen's family of advertisers to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Iron Sharpens Iron Radio praise God for the generous monthly financial support of Royal Diadem Jewelers educated by and affiliated with the American Gem Society Jewelers of America and the Gemological Institute of America for the perfect custom designed engagement ring or any one of a kind piece of jewelry created exactly according to your imagination and specifications Royal Diadem Jewelers has you covered 
No matter where you live in the world, Royal Diadem will walk you step by step through every stage of the process and even hold a high-tech internet virtual visit using state-of-the-art jewelry design technology to serve you. They start by listening carefully to determine your needs. They're interested in making what you want, not what they want to sell you. From rough design to digital model, to photorealistic image, to wax prototype model, to the finished product, they're continually listening to your input, likes and dislikes, making any changes necessary along the way. This will ensure that your custom jewellery will turn out exactly as you dreamed and well beyond your expectations. Visit royaldiadem.com. That's royaldiadem.com today. Sterling Vanderwerker, owner of Royal Diadem Jewelers, his wife Bronnie, his business partner and manager Brian Wilson, and the entire family thank you all for listening to, praying for, and supporting the work of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. And don't forget, folks, royaldiadem.com is still offering Iron Sharpens Iron Radio this mind-blowing opportunity they are giving Iron Sharp and Zion Radio 100% of the profits from any sale of jewelry to an Iron Sharp and Zion Radio listener to Iron Sharp and Zion Radio. Just by the listener saying, I heard about RoyalDiadem.com on Iron Sharp and Zion. That's all you need to do. And we will get 100% of the profits from your purchase of jewelry. And I'm hoping that many of you uh, who are interested in purchasing jewelry, in fact, I'm hoping that all of you, who are interested in purchasing jewelry for yourself or someone you love. Maybe you'd like to get a a nice piece of jewelry as a gift for Easter or Mother's Day or whatever the occasion may be. It might be just to say to somebody, I love you. Uh, Perhaps you're popping the question and you want to uh, get an engagement ring and so on. Uh, Whatever it is, whether it is something that they already have in stock in the realm of jewelry at royaldiadem.com or if you're having something customized like a an engagement ring or like turning your church logo parachurch ministry logo business logo denomination logo seminary logo and turning it into a pendant for a necklace or a ring or what whatever you can conjure up in your imagination royaldiadem.com will customize your one-of-a-kind piece of jewelry in a way that will blow your mind because i've seen firsthand their mastery over customizing jewelry you will not be disappointed. But if you have any interest in purchasing jewelry for yourself or someone you love, please go to royaldiadem.com soon because we have no idea when they're going to pull the plug on this offer where we get 100% of the profits from any sale of jewelry to one of our listeners. So even just to get the ball rolling on your purchase, especially if it involves a customization process of a one-of-a-kind piece of customized jewelry, uh, please uh, go to royaldiadem.com today to get the ball rolling and mention Iron Sharp and Zion Radio to ensure that we will get 100% of the profits from that sale. So remember, we have no idea when they're going to pull the plug uh, on that offer where we get 100% of the profits. Go to royaldiadem.com today and mention Iron Sharp and Zion Radio. We're now back with Jim Tyson, the area director of Christian Businessmen's Connection in South Central Pennsylvania. And if you have a question for Jim, our email address is chrisarnson at gmail.com. Give us your first name at least, city and state and country of residence. 
Uh, Jim, if you could tell us now more details about this uh, ministry, CBMC, Christian Businessmen's Connection, perhaps give us its history and uh, what are the main principles that uh, keep this ministry going and its mission and so forth. Yeah, well, um, Christian Businessmen's Connection, CBMC, uh, has been around for quite a while, uh, 90 plus years, began in 1930, and it was actually then called Christian Businessmen's Committee. Part of the idea of that is that every man involved in CBMC would have a part to play. Um, They would be active in, in what CBMC was doing. And uh, it, it was just a small group of Christian businessmen who kind of coordinated a little series of pre-Easter rallies. Um, and obviously right around the time of the, the Great Depression. And um, they, these guys, these men saw an, a need for, for, um, for the gospel to go out, for, for um, people's lives to be touched, especially in the midst of a lot of the hopelessness that they they saw around them. Uh, And they knew from their own lives and their own experience with with Jesus uh, exactly what what it means to have your life uh, changed and given over, submitted to him, um, that even in the midst of difficult times, um, there is still a peace and a joy that can be part of that. So they they started in Chicago in 1930, um, packed an 800-seat uh, auditorium for six different sessions uh, that they did. And uh, from there, there were a number of other of these committees that, um, that sprang up all over the country, and they uh, decided, you know, we need to really kind of come together uh, and and operate in a more organized fashion. So uh, CBMC, if you will, was was born out of that. And um, then in in 19 in the 1970s, they moved their uh, their whole support center and such to uh, Tennessee, to Chattanooga. And um, it was. It was in the 70s that our signature tool, if you will, uh, came into being, something called Operation Timothy. It's our discipleship tool. So CBMC is is about and has always really been about a, a twofold purpose, evangelism and discipleship, focused on men in the marketplace. And the reason for that is, as, especially as the gentleman who founded CBMC saw, not not every man goes to church, and it wasn't always easy to get a, a man to uh, set foot in church. But everybody, or pretty much everybody, had a job, and they were engaged in the workplace and the marketplace, and they recognized the fact that um, that was a mission field. And oftentimes um, we think of evangelism and missions and we think mission field, oh, that's for the the missionary, the professional guy. And um, don't always 
see that the Lord has placed us, each of us, in a mission field of our own. Uh, The people we know, the contacts we make, the place that we work where we spend eight plus hours a day um, is a mission field that the Lord's given us. We don't have to be a pastor. We don't have to be a missionary somewhere. We can be a Um, A corporate executive, and that business is our mission field. We can be a guy who runs um, a lathe in a shop, and that that workplace is a mission field that's been given to us. And so uh, recognizing that and recognizing the the need for discipleship and and really what Christ calls us to, uh, to make disciples who make disciples, who make disciples. And so in the 70s, Operation Timothy um, uh, was was born, if you will, and it remains a, a signature tool, probably one of the one of the best, and maybe I'm a little biased, but one of the best discipleship tools um, available for um, taking someone from from virtually really not knowing anything through to to being a disciple maker themselves, someone who can reach out and and uh, touch lives with the gospel. Um, so that's been 50 years now uh, that Operation Timothy has been around and in an in a, um, integral piece of what the CBMC ministry is about. I, I always like to say that CBMC is is not a church and we don't want to be a church. And we're not a Bible study. We don't want to be a Bible study. The focus of CBMC, even though we meet weekly for um, for prayer and for study, even those teams that meet, the focus is to encourage each other um, and hold each other accountable for, for evangelism and discipleship, to have a purpose, um, a mission, to be intentional about living out our faith uh, in the workplace, and and not just there, obviously, in, in, in the home and, and such, but being very intentional about living out our faith in the workplace. And you mentioned earlier that you happen to be personally theologically reformed, but this is a much broader group theologically, is it not? Yeah, it is. Um, we can... That's one of the uh, unique and interesting things about it. We can be sitting around the table and we have men from from very different theological perspectives. But the, the, the beauty of it, I guess, is the unity that comes because we're not there to talk about necessarily our doctrinal differences. We're there to talk about the gospel of Jesus. And, and no matter what perspective, um, you know— uh, the the old um, uh, straw man, I guess, if you will, against Reformed theology is, well, you know, why do you evangelize if God's sovereign and and he's the one who chooses? Uh, But number one, he's commanded it. Number two, um, he's chosen to use us in the process. That's what he does. Um, And so it's no less important um, for those who are of a Reformed faith than um, than anybody else uh, and and really when we think of it what a what a what a wonderful thing that God has chosen to do with people who are fallen and sinful and um, what a great way to help keep us um, from forgetting the fact that 
you know, we were there too, and it's only God's grace that that puts us where we are, you know, in, in a path with him. By the way, I don't know if you're familiar with this book, but I, as often as I remember to, uh, like to plug this book because what CBMC is doing uh, somewhat reminded me of the New York revival of 1858. And I know that CBMC is is not uh, what you, as you just said moments ago, it's not uh, meant to be uh, exclusively uh, a weekly prayer meeting or something like that. But the during the midst of a financial crisis that ruined the lives of one million people in New York City, uh, a, a prayer meeting began, and it started out with just a very tiny handful of people. But then it grew into multiple prayer meetings being conducted in the middle of the day all over New York City. Uh, when it, the, the word about this started to spread like fire, and the, and the Lord used this to bring about great revival. And there is a book you could get published by Banner of Truth called The Power of Prayer, the New York Revival of 1858 by Samuel Prime. And uh, you can get that from our sponsors, Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service, cvbbs.com. And just ask for The Power of Prayer by Samuel Prime, a Banner of Truth publication. I just thought I'd throw that out there because who knows how God may use CBMC in its own way unique way that uh, CBMC functions to bring about a possible revival uh, all over the United States and other parts of the world. And and tell us, if you could, where are the chapters of CBMC? Well, certainly we're, um, we're here in the U.S. We're in 350-plus cities in the U.S. Uh, we are international. Um, our material is used in 143 different countries. Wow. Um, yeah, and and there are actually two different. They're they're joined but different. Um, there's CBMC, um, which we are a part of, which is Nas- the national in Chattanooga. But then there's CBMC International, um, which deals with all the CBMC chapters uh, all over the the world. Um, in fact, just this past year, they had their um, world conference in Seoul, South Korea. Um, and 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 Seoul is really a uh, uh, or Korea in, in, in general is really an area that um, is certainly um, gospel oriented and focused. Um, so uh, we we are, we have that presence everywhere. Um, and the 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 idea um, the mission of CBMC just resonates because it's the idea you were talking about prayer, Chris, and um, in our meetings, in the weekly meetings, well, actually in all of our meetings, part of the focus of what we do is not just spend time praying for each other, but we talk about something called a, to- a top ten list or a ten most wanted list. The uh, the people that you are praying for. Um, whose lives would be touched by Christ and the gospel. And that's an intentional um, time of prayer, praying for opportunity to talk to them yourselves, praying for uh, other people to come into those people's lives, um, very focused on exactly what you were talking about, um, 
praying that the gospel would go out and and um, would touch people's lives uh, and that they would respond in a positive way to the gospel. Um, so yeah, that that is that is very much a focus of what we're doing. And then our studies, we do a Bible study at each of those weekly meetings, and we do a Bible study at some of the other types of, uh, of meetings that we have. Um, but we try and make it very much application-oriented. How do we go out and live these biblical principles? How do we take them into the workplace? Amen. And we have to go to our midway break right now. Uh, folks, please remember, uh, be patient with us during the midway break because it's a little longer than the other breaks because Grace Life Radio, 90.1 FM in Lake City, Florida, who airs this program, requires of us a longer break in the middle of the show because the FCC requires of them to localize this program geographically to where Grace Life Radio is located, which is Lake City, Florida. And they do so with their own public service announcements and other local things, which they air in the middle of our show while we simultaneously air our globally heard commercials. So please use this time wisely. Send in questions to Jim Tyson about Christian Businessmen's Connection or anything about being a professional or businessman and how to live out your faith in those arenas. Uh, if you have a question, send it to chrisarnson at gmail.com. Give his first name at least, city and state and country of residence. But also please try to write down as much of the contact information for as many of our advertisers as you can so that you can more frequently and successfully respond to our advertisers, keeping in mind they are what keeps this program on the air, other than the kindness of God, of course, first and foremost. But the finances from our advertisers keep us in existence. Don't go away. We're going to be right back after these messages. Puritan Reformed is a Bible-believing, kingdom-building, devil-fighting church. We are devoted to upholding the apostolic doctrine and practice preserved in Scripture alone. Puritan Reformed teaches men to rule and lead as image-bearing prophets, priests, and kings. We teach families to worship together as families. Puritan is committed to teaching the whole counsel of God so that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. We sing the Psalms, teach the law, proclaim the gospel, make disciples, maintain discipline, and exalt Christ. This is Pastor David Reese of Puritan Reformed in Phoenix, Arizona. Join us in the glorious cause of advancing Christ's crown and covenant over the kings of the earth. Puritan Reformed Church. Believe. Build. Fight. PuritanPHX.com I'm Phil Johnson, Executive Director of Grace to You with John MacArthur. I've been a frequent guest on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, and I highly recommend this show. But today I want to tell you about one of its advertisers, Rare Document Traders. Far and away, my favorite source for quality Charles Spurgeon memorabilia. Are you looking for that special, unique gift for your pastor or missionary friend or a loved one? Why not purchase a piece of church history that any believer would cherish? Rare Document Traders is your one-step source for Spurgeon's handwritten manuscripts and letters, as well as other rare books and collectible items from church history. In 15 years that they've been in business, they've earned a stellar reputation in the Reformed community with thousands of satisfied customers all around the world, including me. Visit raredoctraders.com today. 
That's raredoctraders.com. Don't forget to mention you heard about them on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. That's raredoctraders.com. I'm Dr. Joseph Piper, President Emeritus and Professor of Systematic and Applied Theology at Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Every Christian who's serious about the Reformed faith and the Westminster Standards should have and use the eight-volume commentary on the theology and ethics of the Westminster Larger Catechism titled Authentic Christianity by Dr. Joseph Moorcraft. It is much more than an exposition of the Larger Catechism. It is a thoroughly researched work that utilizes biblical exegesis as well as historical and systematic theology. Dr. Moorcraft is pastor of Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, and I urge everyone looking for a biblically faithful church in that area to visit that fine congregation. For details on the eight-volume commentary, go to westminstercommentary.com, westminstercommentary.com. For details on Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, visit heritagepresbyterianchurch.com, heritagepresbyterianchurch.com. Please tell Dr. Moorcraft and the saints at Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, that Dr. Joseph Piper of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary sent you. When Iron Sharpens Iron Radio first launched in 2005, the publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors. It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. This is Daryl Bernard Harrison, co-host of the Just Thinking Podcast, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Tom Buck of First Baptist Church in Lindell, Texas, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Kent Keller of Faith Bible Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Andrew Rappaport, the founder and executive director at Striving for Eternity Ministries, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Mark Romaldi, pastor of Sovereign Grace Church of Greenbrier, Tennessee, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Christopher Cookston pastor of Prineville Community Church in Prineville, Oregon, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Matt Tarr, pastor of High Point Baptist Church in Larksville, Pennsylvania, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB. And tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnzen on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com. That's nasbible.com to place your order. Hello, my name is Anthony Uvinio, and I'm one of the pastors at Hope Reform Baptist Church in Quorum, New York, and also the host of the reformrookie.com website. I want you to know that if you enjoy listening to the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio show like I do, you can now find it on the Apple's iTunes app by typing Iron Sharpens Iron Radio in the search bar. You no longer have to worry about missing a show or a special guest because you're in your car or still at work. Just subscribe on the iTunes app and listen to the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio show at any time, day or night. 
please be sure to also give it a good review and pass it along to anyone who would benefit from the teaching and the many solidly reformed guests that Chris Arnson has on the show. Truth is so hard to come by these days, so don't waste your time with fluff or fake news. Subscribe to the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio podcast right now. And while you're at it, you can also sign up for the ReformRookie.com podcast and visit our website and the YouTube page. We are dedicated to teaching Christian theology from a Reformed Baptist perspective to beginners in the faith as well as seasoned believers. From Keech's Catechism and the Doctrines of Grace to the Olivet Discourse and the Book of Leviticus, the Reform Rookie Podcast and YouTube channel is sure to have something to offer everyone seeking biblical truth. And finally, if you're looking to worship in a Reformed church that holds to the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith, please join us at Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Coram, New York. Again, I'm Pastor Anthony Avenio, and thanks for listening. If you love Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, one of the best ways you can help keep the show on the air is by supporting our advertisers. One such faithful advertiser who really believes in what Chris Arnzen is doing is Daniel P. Patafuco, serious injury lawyer and Christian apologist. Dan is the president and founder of the Historical Bible Society. Their mission? To foster belief in the credibility of Scripture as the written Word of God. They go to various churches, schools, and institutions to publicly display a rare collection of biblical texts, along with a fascinating presentation by Mr. Butterfuco demonstrating the reliability of Scripture. To advance the cause of the gospel, they created a beautiful, perfect facsimile of the genealogy of Jesus Christ from the original engravings contained in a first edition 1611 King James Bible. This 17th century hand-engraved chart shows the family tree of Jesus Christ going back to Adam and Eve. This book is complete with gorgeous full-size illustrations of Noah's Ark, and the Tower of Babel, and an explanation of why the genealogy of Jesus is so important for his claims to the throne of the universe. Originals of this work are in museums, and nobody has ever made it accessible to the public in a large book form before. You can have your own copy of this 44-page genealogy book for a donation of $35 or more. Visit historicalbiblesociety.org. That's historicalbiblesociety.org. Thanks for helping to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Every day at thousands of community centers, high schools, middle schools, juvenile institutions, coffee shops, and local hangouts, Long Island Youth for Christ, staff and volunteers meet with young people who need Jesus. We are rural and urban, and we are always about the message of Jesus. Our mission is to have a noticeable spiritual impact on Long Island, New York, by engaging young people in the lifelong journey of following Christ. Long Island Youth for Christ has been a stalwart bedrock ministry since 1959. We have a world-class staff and a proven track record of bringing consistent love and encouragement to youths in need all over the country and around the world. Help honor our history by becoming a part of our future. Volunteer, donate, pray, or all of the above. For details, call Long Island Youth for Christ at 631-385-8333. That's 631-385-8333.
888-333-3333 or visit liyfc.org. That's liyfc.org. Hi, this is John Sampson, pastor of King's Church in Peoria, Arizona, taking a moment of your day to talk about Chris Arnzen and the Iron Sharpens Iron podcast. I consider Chris a true friend and a man of high integrity. He's a skilled interviewer who's not afraid to ask the big penetrating questions while always defending the key doctrines of the Christian faith. I've always been happy to point people to this podcast knowing it's one of the very few safe places on the internet where folk won't be led astray. I believe this podcast needs to be heard far and wide. This is a day of great spiritual compromise, and yet God has raised Chris up for just such a time. And knowing this, it's up to us as members of the body of Christ to stand with such a ministry in prayer and in finances. I'm pleased to do so, and would like to ask you to prayerfully consider joining me in supporting Iron Sharpens Iron financially. Would you consider sending either a one-time gift or even becoming a regular monthly partner with this ministry? I know it would be a huge encouragement to Chris if you would. All the details can be found at ironsharpensironradio.com where you can click support. That's ironsharpensironradio.com. This is Pastor Bill Sasso, Grace Church at Franklin, here in the beautiful state of Tennessee. Our congregation is one of a growing number of churches who love and support Iron Sharpens Iron Radio financially. Grace Church at Franklin is an independent, autonomous body of believers which strives to clearly declare the whole counsel of God as revealed in Scripture through the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, the end for which we strive is the glory of God. If you live near Franklin, Tennessee, and Franklin is just south of Nashville, maybe 10 minutes, or you are visiting this area, or you have friends and loved ones nearby, we hope you will join us some Lord's Day in worshiping our God and Savior. Please feel free to contact me if you have more questions about Grace Church at Franklin. Our website is gracechurchatfranklin.org. That's gracechurchatfranklin.org. This is Pastor Bill Sasser wishing you all the richest blessings of our sovereign Lord, God, Savior, and King Jesus Christ today and always. Charles Haddon Spurgeon once said, Give yourself unto reading. The man who never reads will never be read. He who never quotes will never be quoted. He who will not use the thoughts of other men's brains proves that he has no brains of his own. You need to read. Solid Ground Christian Books is a publisher and book distributor who takes these words of the Prince of Preachers to heart. The mission of Solid Ground Christian Books is to bring back treasures of the past to minister to Christians in the present and future and to publish new titles that address burning issues in the church and the world. Since its beginning in 2001, Solid Ground has been committed to publish God-centered, Christ-exalting books for all ages. We invite you to go treasure hunting at solid-ground-books.com. That's solid-ground-books.com and see what priceless literary gems from the past or present you can unearth from Solid Ground. 
Solid Ground Christian Books is honored to be a weekly sponsor of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. And please don't forget that solid-ground-books.com is a premier, a primary, a vital financial supporter of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. So please, I would love to hear the good news that many of you today, either for the very first time or even if you are a regular customer, uh, go to solid-ground-books.com today to make a purchase. If it's your first time, uh, we would love to hear about your first experience purchasing books from solid-ground-books.com. And if you're a regular customer, even a monthly customer, or even more frequently than that, we hope that today you will make your largest purchase ever if you can afford to do so. And we would love to hear uh, about that from you as well. Uh, And keep in mind, when you purchase books from solid-ground-books.com, you're not only going to be doing them a favor by purchasing books from them, and you're not only going to be doing Iron Sharpens Iron Radio a favor by keeping one of our most valuable advertisers happy, you're going to be doing yourself and anyone for whom you are purchasing books from solid-ground-books.com an enormous favor of incalculable value because they bring back into print and also publish for the first time Nothing but the very finest in Christian literature dating back to the 16th century Protestant Reformation and extending forward through the centuries all the way to our current day, including such modern authors as Dr. James R. White of Alpha and Omega Ministries. So go to solid-ground-books.com today, visit that site frequently, purchase generously, always mention that you heard about them from Chris Arnzen of Iron Trump and Zion Radio. Before I return to... My discussion with Jim Tyson, area director of the Christian Businessmen's Connection in South Central Pennsylvania. We just have some important announcements to make. Uh, if you love this show, folks, and you don't want it to go off the air, I'm urging you, please go to ironsharpensironradio.com, click support, then click, click to donate now. You could donate instantly with a debit or credit card in that fashion. If you prefer snail mail, mailing in a physical check to a physical address the old-fashioned way from your post office. There will also be a physical address that appears on your screen when you click support at ironsharpensironradio.com where you can mail your checks made payable to Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. If you want to advertise with us, whether it is your church, parachurch ministry, business, private practice like a law firm or a medical firm, or perhaps it's just a special event that you want to promote, whatever it is, as long as it's compatible with my, my beliefs, I would love to help you launch an ad campaign as quickly as possible because we're just as much in urgent need of your advertising dollars as we are on your donations. So please send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com and put advertising in the subject line. Keep in mind, folks, I never want anybody who financially supports Iron Trip and Zion Radio to cut in to the finances that you have set aside for your Lord's Day giving to your own local church where you're a member. In other words, never give your own church less money than you're accustomed to giving your church in order to bless us with a financial gift. Never do that. And also, if you're really struggling to survive and make ends meet, wait until you're back on your feet and more financially stable before you send us a financial gift. As much as we urgently need your donations, there are two things that are very clear in the Bible about how we are primarily to use the money with which God has blessed us, which is still God's money. And that is uh, to provide for our church and family. Providing for Iron Trip on Zion Radio 
is not obviously a command of God. But if you do love this show and you do have extra money above and beyond your ability to support church and family, and you have extra money for recreational, uh, benevolent, and trivial purposes, why not use some of that money to help bless us and keep us on the air if indeed you love the show? Go to ironsharpensironradio.com, click support, then click, click to donate now. Last but not least, if you are not a member of a Christ-honoring, biblically faithful, theologically sound, doctrinally solid church, please, no matter where in the world you live, uh, send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com and put, I need a church in the subject line. I have extensive lists spanning the globe, and I've helped many people in our audience all over the world find churches, sometimes even within just a couple of minutes from where they live. And that could be your two, no matter where you live. So send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com and put, I need a church in the subject line. That's also the email address to send in a question to Jim Tyson, the area director of Christian Businessmen's Connection in South Central PA. That's chrisarnson at gmail.com. And Jim, uh, by the way, we uh, providentially have a an email that came in during the show from Mark Copeland, who is uh, trying to get a headcount of the folks that are going to be attending the Tuesday morning CBMC meeting. That's being held Tuesday at 6 a.m. at the Hamilton Restaurant on West High Street here in Carlisle, a different meeting than I typically attend, which is the Wednesday meeting at Faye's Country Kitchen. But I just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, and uh, we also have a, an email from Terrence in Cockeysville, Pennsylvania, um, new to Pennsylvania well, since 2014 anyway, and haven't heard that one yet, that city. But Terrence says, what are the primary problems that Christian businessmen approach you with in regard to being faithful witnesses for Christ in their own workplace? Yeah, I I think some of the big things that uh, people are concerned with is um, perhaps somewhat a question of legality. Am I allowed to do this? Um, Or... uh, you know, is this going to cause a problem in my workplace if I do this? Um, certainly, we want to be winsome in our approach. But unless your employer specifically says and has a policy that you cannot talk about something, then you are absolutely free to talk about your faith. A lot of people mistakenly believe they can't do that. Um, one of the things that CBMC hosts and will be Um, doing it again this May is something called a T-Factor conference, um, which is um, actually an organization that uh, was founded by the, um, I guess he's the president of Coca-Cola Consolidated, which is the largest Coca-Cola bottling company in in the country. And they, um, part of what T-Factor's purpose is, is to help businesses and people within business to know what they are legally allowed to do. Um, and uh, there is nothing that says is, it is illegal for you um, or not right for you to be able to talk about your faith in your workplace. Obviously, you don't want it to, t- to take away from your work and what you're doing. You don't want to try and interrupt someone in, in the middle of their work. But Certainly, you can openly say who you are. If somebody's dealing with something, you can talk about your faith and how your faith 
works in your life and the issues that that you face in your life. Um, and businesses uh, run in, especially if they're an executive or uh, a business owner, they they worry about some of that legality um, legality issues. But um, it, you can be a, a, a Christian and own a business and put scripture verses on your walls and you can offer um, Bible studies. You can't make them mandatory, but you can offer those things at, you know, appropriate times during during the workday, before the workday, whatever. You can make those available. Um, you can do those kinds of things in your workplace. Uh, so it can truly be a, a mission field. The biggest thing is that people deal with fear, um, obviously, of talking to people about faith. Um, oftentimes, and um, I'll, I'll, I'll step lightly here um, because I know what it's like to be in that place. Oftentimes we say, oh, you know, I don't know enough. That's why I'm afraid or I'm afraid I won't have an answer. But what I've realized in my life that oftentimes that fear is just that I'm worried about what somebody else is going to think of me. So I'm more worried about myself instead of they're hearing the gospel. Um, and so we, we try and do things that help equip people and really uh, um, own their faith uh, through our discipleship process, um, you know, walking beside men, uh, helping them to, um, to uh, really understand exactly the depth of what the gospel, uh, what Christ has done for us, and that we don't walk in our own power, we walk in his. Yes, you were uh, obviously primarily there speaking about people who are in ownership or or high management of businesses. Uh, but e- but even a, I'm assuming a an employee has complete legal freedom to invite colleagues to a Bible study as long as there is no undue pressure on them, especially if it's involving subordinates in the uh, business. And there is a completely different. Uh, legal uh, aspect with nonprofits, is it not? I'll give you an example. I uh, overcame, thanks be to God, uh, an addiction to alcohol abuse over a decade ago by uh, enrolling myself at this wonderful ministry called Hebron Colony. It's in uh, Boone, North Carolina, a Christian Organization. In fact, it is the longest-running uh, addictive recovery uh, place in the United States for men. Uh, it's the it's the longest-running and oldest uh, organization of that kind in the United States. Uh, but even though it is a Christian ministry and a nonprofit ministry, uh, they welcomed people into their program no matter what religion they were part of they could be an atheist or a muslim but they were required to come to every one of the christian meetings to both hear an evangelist and uh, the teaching and instruction of the bible uh so i'm assuming that's the kind of thing that's a huge difference when you have a different when you have a business and a non-profit right yeah, correct. Um, there are even some of the um, 
the Christian shelters, uh, the shelters for individuals experiencing homelessness who will have a requirement to attend um, a service that's done there um, or some other type of, of um, study program that's done there if people want to um, to be in the shelter. So, yeah. By the way, uh, I apologize to Terrence. He is informing me that I misspoke. Cockeysville is not in Pennsylvania, but in Maryland. Sorry that I misread your address, uh, Terrence. And uh, let's see. We have Cornelia, who is in West Hempstead, Long Island, New York. And Cornelia asks, in what specific ways do you equip those in ownership and management levels in businesses to live out their duties and responsibilities and roles in those businesses as ambassadors for Christ? And my second question is, is CBMS only for, it's CBMC actually, uh, only for men or are women uh, allowed to participate? Yeah, so taking the first part of that question, um, I had mentioned earlier that we have some other types of teams that meet, and specifically for business owners or for C-level executives, C-level executives would be your CEO, your COO, your CFO uh, in a corporation. Um, we have things called trusted advisor forums, which are peer-to-peer um, advisory groups, and we have uh, trained facilitators in them. And we usually they're they're a little different than our weekly groups in that they are a closed group. We want eight to twelve uh, in that group, and then it's it's closed. They're non-competing businesses. Uh, they they have non-disclosure agreements and all of that simply because what what that advisory group does is it allows those individuals in that group to take an issue that they're dealing with in their company. Um, and uh, they, they meet once a month, four hours, and that individual who's quote unquote up that month uh, will ahead of time share, uh, and there's a process to do that, share what the issue is that they're, that they're looking at with the fellow members of that team and then when they come together, uh, they'll have kind of a, a Christian board of advisors around them to talk about the issue that they're facing. And this way, it's not their own board of directors. It's not, it's not a competition, uh, a competitor in their field, but it's the, the wisdom from a Christ-centered perspective about a problem or issue that they're facing. And, and some of the, um, the teams, because of the uh, nature of uh, knowing that there's the confidentiality and the, the relationships that are built, it may be a personal issue, too, that's, that's shared there. Um, but it affords the opportunity for the, uh, for the business issue. Um, you can share financials or not, but, uh, again, there's a trained facilitator involved in that. Um, so that's, that's where it gets a little a little deeper. Those meetings still have a prayer component to them. They still have a Bible study to them. What we try and do is uh, make sure that that study is related to the issue 
that the um, that the individual is bringing up that that month, uh, so that we're we're really taking that whole period and focusing in on that and the biblical um, principles and ideas that relate to that and doing that type of study. So that's what we have as a more in-depth, um, and we still uh, want to make sure that that meeting um, focuses on helping that business owner or executive see how their faith can be lived out within their workplace, partly through dealing with the issues that they're, they're dealing with, how they take that faith-based perspective on the problem back into their workplace, and how an owner can, can really bring the gospel to bear and create a culture within their company um, without mandating something on people, but still create a culture that is very Christ-honoring and Christ-centered in, in their business. Um, so that's that's the uh, a little more um, detail oriented aspect of CBMC. We have a uh, kind of um, comparative group called Young Professionals, which is for young young professionals from from 21 to 40 who are kind of just in the the beginnings or earlier stages of their career. We'll try and bring in some of the older executives, um, you know, the um, C-level executives and such to speak with them. Uh, but then they can also take an issue amongst themselves and deal with that. But they're getting some wisdom on faith and business from some of the older executives, too, as part of that process. And that's, again, a monthly meeting kept uh, closed with a smaller group uh, for about three hours on a on a given day, uh, wherever, whenever they choose to meet. And then a lot of those executives will still be part of our weekly C3 team because that's still keeping you um, connected to people that's still, um, you know, functioning in, in a similar type of fashion. It just doesn't get into uh, some of the deeper issues that maybe an executive or a business owner might face. Um, it, its focus is a little different than those peer advisory groups. Great, and we have Lucas in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, who asks, in your experience, when you have discussions and meetings and studies with those who are in business leadership, what is the greatest area of failure? In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, customize this uh, question to include the plurality of that issue. What are... The, the most common and serious areas, plural, of failure amongst those in business ownership and leadership? And uh, that's a very good question. And let me throw out there an example of a failure that I have personally been witness to. I'm going to try to keep this as innocuous, not innocuous, but I'm going to try to keep this uh, away from mentioning specific organizations and so on. Uh, but I have uh, experienced uh, businesses that, uh, well, let me say a business in particular, that identifies itself as a Christian uh, corporation. And many in leadership in the highest levels of that organization believed that the best way 
to show the world that the leadership of this corporation is following Christ is to be as monetarily successful as they possibly could be. And so what they de- they developed an ideology and even, I guess you could say, a worldview, a uh, format, whatever you want to call it, where they were basically imitating or seeking to imitate the most financially sex- successful businesses that they were aware of, study what they do, and try to try to basically copy that in their own uh, corporation, and but tragically, as a result, that very often meant that they were just as heartless and cutthroat when it came to running this business, because their their top priority was if we want the world to see what a Christian business or corporation or organization can accomplish, we have to be really first and foremost concerned with how much money we're making. <laughs> that's basically what it was. So that's just an, that's one area that I thought I'd throw out there uh, to uh, further uh, flavor the question that Lucas in Pine Bluff, Arkansas gave. Right. Right. Yeah. And that certainly is a big area of finance. Um, for all kinds of reasons, from uh, from how it drives us to conduct our business, um, to even the temptations that come with it, to uh, to um, to try and manipulate um, for for those financial reasons. I think another area too um, is the ability to really deal well with personnel because of the focus on the business aspect and the business becomes in a sense, an idol. Um, like you were saying with the money, um, the, the people that are involved in the business become a, uh, more of a commodity just simply to, to, um, have the business run rather than really an integral and vital part of the business. And, um, one of the things that, we uh, at CBMC offer something called leadership coach training, which we've debated how, how well that describes what we're t- actually talking about in doing leadership coach training. But the whole idea is helping people to become active listeners and good question askers. How do I ask powerful questions um, for lots of reasons? Um, one, to help someone kind of work through and draw out of themselves what's probably already in there for, for answers to their questions, but also so that that we become more interested in people, um, more curious about people. And that's, that's something that I think a lot of uh, executives, you know, the big term now, I guess, is emotional intelligence. Um, we we put these terms to things, but it's really just simply being a person who listens to and cares about other people. And and I think that's a, an area where a lot of executives can struggle because multitude of reasons, uh, hectic pace, all the different decisions that they have to make, the 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 way they have to um, to look at it oftentimes from that business, you know, what's best for the business viewpoint. Um it can it can easily slip away 
the fact that there is a human component to to the business. Um, and and then again with with yours, there's probably a a, a pretty well known example um, of of someone who came in and became part of CBMC uh, who who um, had some issues within business. He's he now actually works for um, for T Factor. His name's Mark Whitaker. Um, there's a whole Netflix uh, series about Mark. He really? became a whistle. Yeah, yeah. There's a net, uh, Netflix show about him, um, and he he became an, a whistleblower, an informant with the FBI. And uh, his story is 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 out there. There's a there's a film about it. Is there? Uh, do you remember the title of it? I'm looking now to see if I can find uh, out exactly what that was. I will uh, I will get it for you though. You could do it. Um, you could look during our next commercial break. Yeah. And and so um, the the fact is that um, if you can think of something that you struggle with in your everyday life, the the sins that beset us, um, it's going to be there in your business life too, in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, we hear a lot about things like sexual harassment and such. And we, you know, um, anything that is a temptation to man is, is a temptation to business and in ways gets magnified because of, uh, obviously how a business has to be conducted. Yes. And, uh, by the way, I did not intend by my question, uh, to insinuate that a Christian business must not conduct discipline just like a church would not that they're the same thing but but uh uh behavior unbecoming of a faithful employee should be dealt with uh, even if it results in the termination of people like that i'm not i'm not trying to say that those things shouldn't be done but at the same time uh i think that uh when you have a business that identifies as Christian that is going to the extreme of being cutthroat and heartless, they have to really reevaluate what they're doing if they're going to be a good Christian testimony. The, the, the organization that I was mentioning had developed a reputation across the United States because it was a, a, a national organization. They developed a reputation even amongst secular industries and businesses of being heartless and cruel. And that's not a good testimony for Christ. Uh, you have to, I would imagine, develop a way to be patient and corrective and showing an interest on in making those employees better without the, the quick action of harsh discipline and and uh, termination am i making sense there yeah absolutely um and and it is part of the process and that's that's part of the idea of of coaching and i know a lot of businesses are, are doing this now they'll take someone who is struggling and before they just jump into um a harsh disciplinary action they'll try and and coach them either coach them and something maybe a a skill that seems to be lacking in their position or um, 
sometimes you find that um, we're just in the wrong place, right? Um, what was it, the Peter Principle? Uh, we're promoted until we reach the, the level of our incompetence, and that's where we stay for the rest of our lives. Um, but the uh, another recent book, Patrick Lencioni, uh, Six Working Types of Genius, I believe it is, starts talking a little bit more about what are the things that are that not only are we good at but that are the things that really motivate us in 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 our work um and how can how can we and how can um the employer and such best utilize those skills because then it it has the the best outcome and some of that is coaching maybe somebody's just in the wrong place in 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 their business you know right they, they may be in the right business but in the wrong role right and and by the way i also wanted to throw out there i wasn't trying to insinuate either that uh financial success should not be a serious concern of any business organization and so on uh that obviously uh would not be a loving act to be oblivious to that because people have families to provide for uh not only the people that are owning and running the business but also every employee uh, their own livelihood is going to depend upon the success financially of the of the business so i just wanted to make sure that i wasn't uh you know giving a uh, a false uh complaint about some of the serious egregious errors of business owners and management and CEOs and so on. Uh, we have Leon in Cranberry Isles, Maine. And Leon asks, uh, or actually says, I would love to hear some testimonies that you could share of how CBMC has improved the lives and business conduct of people in the business world. Yeah, I can I can give you um, one that's here uh, fairly local. Um, just because I haven't asked their uh, permission, I won't use their names, but I can certainly give you the circumstance. Um, in one of our groups in here in Central PA, uh, one of our team guys um, worked out at a, at a gym regularly. Um, met a young man there. Uh, military background and uh, just developed a relationship and, and talking with them. Uh, this young man has a, a business and um, eventually led that, that man through um, Operation Timothy, actually uh, presented the gospel to him first. Uh, and it was totally new to, to him. It was not part of his growing up, um, his life. And so, it was uh, it was kind of a new experience, but he he uh, he was his heart was captured by the Lord, and they began doing um, Operation Timothy, and uh, now he uh, he runs a foundation as well as his business. He's actively involved. He's on fire. Um, he he um, he readily shares the gospel um, wherever, whenever. Uh, because he really sees that, um, you know, what, what Christ has done uh, for him and understands uh, 
scriptures call on us to be disciple makers. It's not just for certain people. That's a call placed on all of us. Um, and so he he is uh, he is really on fire. He's actually part of our um, area leadership team now. I asked him to be part of that. So here's you know that's just a very recent story, and that can be repeated. Um, one of our guys who was an area director had the same position that I now have in the Maryland area. Uh, businessman uh, knew a guy who was part of CBMC. Uh, his 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 desire was to get in front of this guy to to offer him, try and sell him um, product that he had. And this gentleman invited him to a an outreach event that CBMC has. A lot of times we'll have breakfasts or luncheons or things like that. Invited him to, a, I believe it was a luncheon. Um, and he, he came just simply because he knew he'd be, have an opportunity to be with this guy and talk to him. Heard the, the message and the testimony of the speaker that day. And I, I don't know that he even remembers who the speaker was, but the gospel was presented and it, it, you know, the Lord grabbed hold of him there and turned his life around and changed him. And he, be, you know, again, became a, a, a man who saw the need to bring the gospel and and to live that out in, in his life and in the workplace. Praise God. And we're going to be right back after this final break. Uh, and if you have more questions for Jim Tyson of Christian Businessmen's Connection in South Central Pennsylvania, Send it on in to chrisarnzen at gmail.com, C-H-R-I-S-A-R-N-Z-E-N at gmail.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. James White of Alpha and Omega Ministries here. If you've watched my Dividing Line webcast often enough, you know I have a great love for getting Bibles and other documents vital to my ministry rebound to preserve and ensure their longevity. And besides that, they feel so good. I'm so delighted I discovered Post Tenebris Lux Bible Rebinding. No radio ad will be long enough to sing their praises sufficiently, but I'll give it a shot. Jeffrey Rice of Post Tenebris Lux is a remarkably gifted craftsman and artisan. All his work is done by hand from the cutting to the pleating of corners to the perimeter stitching. Jeffrey uses the finest in buttery soft imported leathers in a wide variety of gorgeous colors like the turquoise goat skin tanned in Italy used for my Nessie Allen 28th edition with a navy blue goat skin inside liner and the electric blue goat skin from a French tannery used to rebind a Reformation study Bible I used as a gift. The silver gilding he added on the page edges has a stunning mirror finish resembling highly polished chrome. Jeffrey will customize your rebinding to your specifications and even emboss your logo into the leather, making whatever he rebinds a one-of-a-kind work of art. For more details on Post Tenebris Lux Bible Rebinding, go to ptlbiblerebinding.com. That's ptlbiblerebinding.com. Hi, I'm Buzz Taylor. Chris Arnzen of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio has had a long-time partnership with our friends at CVBBS, which stands for Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service. They specialize in supplying Reformed and Puritan books and Bibles at discount prices that make them affordable for everyone. CVBBS has been a family-owned book service since 1987, operating out of Carlisle, Pennsylvania. 
They seek to bring you the best available Christian books and Bibles at the best possible prices. Unlike other book sites, they make no effort to provide every book that is available or popular because, frankly, much of what is being printed is not worth your time. That means you can get to the good stuff faster. It also means you don't have to worry about being assaulted by the pornographic, heretical, and otherwise faith-insulting materials promoted by the secular book vendors. Browse the pages at ease, shop at your leisure, and purchase with confidence at Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service. Order online at cvbbs.com. That's cvbbs.com. Or you can order by phone at 1-800-656-0231. That's 1-800-656-0231. Please let our friends at CVBBS know that you heard about them on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. I'm Dr. Tony Costa, Professor of Apologetics and Islam at Toronto Baptist Seminary. I'm thrilled to introduce to you a church where I've been invited to speak and have grown to love, Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Quorum, Long Island, New York, pastored by Rich Jensen and Christopher McDowell. It's such a joy to witness and experience fellowship with people of God like the dear saints at Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Quorum, who have an intensely passionate desire to continue digging deeper and deeper into the unfathomable riches of Christ in His Holy Word, and to enthusiastically proclaim Christ Jesus the King and His doctrines of sovereign grace in Suffolk County, Long Island, and beyond. I hope you also have the privilege of discovering this precious congregation and receive the blessing of being showered by their love, as I have. For more information on Hope Reformed Baptist Church, go to Hope Reformed. Li.net. That's hopereformedli.net. Or call 631 696 5711. That's 631 696 5711. Tell the folks at Hope Reformed Baptist Church of Quorum, Long Island, New York that you heard about them from Tony Costa on Iron Sharpens Iron. Iron Sharpens Iron Radio first launched in 2005, the publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors. It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. I'm Pastor Nate Pickowitz of Harvest Bible Church in Gilmanton Ironworks, New Hampshire, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I am Pastor Rich Jensen of Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Quorum, New York, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Sule Prince of Oakwood Wesleyan Church in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor John Sampson of King's Church in Peoria, Arizona, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Chuck Volo of New Life Community Church in Kingsville, Maryland, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Steve Herford of Eastport Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Roy Owens, Jr. of the Church at Friendship in Hockley, Texas, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. 
Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB. And tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnzen on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com. That's nasbible.com to place your order. Sarnson here, host of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. I strongly recommend a church I've been recommending as far back as the 1980s, Grace Covenant Baptist Church in Flemington, New Jersey, pastored by Alan Dunn. Grace Covenant Baptist Church believes it's God's prerogative to determine how he shall be worshipped and how he shall be represented in the world. They believe churches need to turn to the Bible to discover what to include in worship and how to worship God in spirit and truth. They endeavor to maintain a God-centered focus and to protect worship from the intrusion of carnal entertainments and distractions. Reading, preaching, and hearing the Word of God, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, baptism, and communion are the scriptural elements of their corporate worship performed with faith, joy, and sobriety. Discover more about Grace Covenant Baptist Church in Flemington, New Jersey at gcbc-nj.org. That's gcbc-nj.org. Or call them at 908-996-7654. That's 908-996-7654. Tell Pastor Dunn you heard about Grace Covenant Baptist Church on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. McLaughlin, president of the SecureCom Group, and an enthusiastic supporter of Chris Arnzen's Iron Sharpens Iron radio program. The SecureCom Group provides the highest level of security, closed-circuit television, access control, and communication systems for Manhattan's top residential buildings, as well as churches, commercial properties, municipalities, and more. We custom install exactly what you need to protect yourself, including digital recording, off-site viewing, and connectivity from most smart devices. From simple code-activated systems to the latest technology using facial recognition, the SecureCom Group has it. We also provide the latest in intercom and IP telephone systems. In addition, we provide superior networking platforms. We'll create, maintain, and secure your local network. Whether it's a Wi-Fi or hardwire network, we'll implement the latest secured firewall, endpoint solutions, and cloud backup. I would love to have the honor and privilege of helping protect the lives and property of Iron Sharpens Iron radio listeners and their associates. For more details on how the SecureCom Group may be of service to you with the very latest in security innovations, call 718-353-3355. That's 718-353-3355. Or visit securecomgroup.com. That's securecomgroup.com. 
This is Brian McLaughlin of the SecureCom Group, joining Chris Arnzen's family of advertisers to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Welcome back. And we want to thank Brian McLaughlin of the SecureCom Group once again for their very generous financial support of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. I also want to remind our listeners that we are funded in part by the law firm of Buttafuoco and Associates. If you are the victim of a very serious injury, accident, or medical malpractice, please call Buttafuoco and Associates at 1-800-NOW-HURT, 1-800-NOW-HURT, or visit their website, 1-800-NOW-HURT.com, 1-800-NOW-HURT.com, helping clients in all 50 states of the United States rebuild their lives. And please make sure you mention Chris Arnes and Divine Trip and Zion Radio. I also want to remind our listeners that if you're a man in ministry leadership, you are invited to the next free biannual Iron Trip and Zion Radio Pastors Luncheon. Uh, for the very first time, we have Dr. Joel Beakey, the founder and president of Puritan Reform Theological Seminary in Grand Rapids, Michigan, as our keynote speaker. Everything is absolutely free, including the food and the fellowship. And every man in attendance is going to leave there with a very heavy sack of free brand new books personally selected by me and donated by generous Christian publishers all over the United States and United Kingdom. The event is being held Thursday, June 6th at Church of the Living Christ in Loysville, Pennsylvania, which is Perry County. If you want to register for this free event, send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com and put Pastor's Luncheon in the subject line. We're now back with Jim Tyson, and he is the area director of the Christian Businessmen's Connection in central Pennsylvania. And uh, we have Lionel in Swissvale, Pennsylvania, who asks, forgive me if I missed it, but earlier on in the program, you had a woman ask if CBMC is open to women for membership. And I can't remember if you ever answered that. Yes. No. In fact, I, I wrote a note to myself to uh, to come back to that because I did remember that and um, didn't include that as part of my answer. So CBMC, um, as the name says, is Christian Business Men's Connection. Um, it specifically was um, was started and focused on men in business and. Uh, what I usually say is, you know, because of our, our mission, what we're trying to do, we're trying to help men become better, um, better followers of Jesus, better husbands, better um, fathers. And uh, um, I think most women can agree that um, we as men desperately need that. <laughs> and so uh, we, we, we do it as a, as a specific ministry so that men can walk alongside men. Um, and and share and hold each other accountable um, in that process. But one of the things that we see increasingly is, especially when we have um, larger uh, events, for instance, in our, our York area, they do every year an annual First Capital Prayer Breakfast that's hosted by the CBMC teams here. And it's open to um, to anyone bring in a speaker. There's always a gospel message presented. And um, we've had an increasing number of women ask about 
the types of things that we have here in CBMC that we do. And uh, our response is um, is one, you know, we don't want to say, oh, no, too bad, no. Uh, our materials at CBMC, our electronic versions of them, uh, like Operation Timothy and such, are all available online free. You do have to register, but that's free. Um, and I'm willing, and I know my counterparts are willing, to um, to come alongside and help uh, um, women if they want to start something like our C3 teams or, or uh, whatever, to walk them through that material and that process and, and help them to do that. I know there are a few, um, a few areas of the country where there are uh, CBWC teams. It's not, an, uh, it's not an organization as such like CBMC is. Um, but I, I can envision that uh, that would happen. Um, and I certainly have no problem in working with people, uh, with women to help to, to create that kind of scenario. Great. Well, uh, thanks, Lionel. And now I want you, brother, to conclude with a summary of what you most want etched in the hearts and minds of our listeners regarding Christian Businessmen's Connection and also provide any contact information that you care to share, in addition to maybe giving us any announcements about special events you're having. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so CBMC, like I said, our, our focus is evangelism and discipleship, and that uh, rings to my heart. Um, when I was pastoring, I was very missional-focused, we desperately need the gospel. Um, we who are believers and followers of Christ need it every day in our own lives, uh, but we certainly can see, and it's evident that we live in a, a fallen world that that needs uh, the gospel. And the Lord has called us to do that. And CBMC is very strategically positioned to carry out that ministry in the workplace, in the marketplace. Um, not everybody's going to come in to, to the church. You know, the church does a, a fantastic job of giving us a place to worship, of giving us a place to learn, um, of, of doing outreach, but because it's it, of its kind of physical um, location, if you will, in, in a church building and a context, um, it's it's not ideally situated like CBMC is to do the day-to-day -day, um, kind of ministry within the marketplace. And that's where we are focused. That's where we have been focused for 90-plus years. And uh, um, that's just our, our heart. And it's not about one of the beautiful things about CBMC, in my mind, is it's not about growing the 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 tribe of CBMC. It's about growing the kingdom of Christ. Prayer is a major part of what we do. Um, you know, it's not looking in increasing the CBMC teams that we have. It's looking at getting the gospel proclaimed and people discipled. That is Amen. the heart. Amen. Well, uh, if anybody wants to find out more about CBMC, uh, the Central Pennsylvania chapter can be found at centralpa.cbmc.com, 
centralpa.cbmc.com. And there is also uh, an international uh, website, cbmcint.com, cbmcint.com. Uh, I want to also remind our listeners or inform our listeners, and uh, something that Jim said reminded me of a wonderful book written by my friend Peter Jeffrey, who is now in heaven. Uh, he was a Reformed Baptist pastor in Port Talbot, Wales, for many years. Uh, he has written a book called Believers Need the Gospel, Reaffirming the Gospel Message for Today's Christians. And you could get that from cvbbs.com, Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service, cvbbs.com. Thanks, uh, Jim, for doing such an extraordinary job today. I want to thank everybody who listened. I want you all to always remember for the rest of your lives that Jesus Christ is a far greater Savior than you are a sinner.